For the next seven weeks, we're going to look at the cross of Jesus in detail. We're going to focus on the seven last statements of Jesus as he hung on the cross. And these statements are famously called the seven last words of Jesus. But actually, they're not the last words of Jesus. We know that Jesus rose from the dead, resurrected, spent 40 days talking to over 500 and some people after he rose from the dead. And so these last statements we're talking about are just from the cross. The last seven public statements or words of Jesus. And we're going to look at these statements because each statement explains a benefit that's available to you. You see, Jesus gave his life on the cross that he might give some awesome benefits to your life. He gave his life so he could benefit your life. So today in this first message, we're looking at this word that's on the big seven back here. Because we're talking about the seven last words or statements of Jesus. We're looking at this benefit of God's awesome, complete forgiveness. And so today as we begin, let's just, let's just bow again, would you? And we want to thank God for this awesome benefit. Lord Jesus, our words are just not adequate to thank you for the forgiveness that you offer to us. We thank you for that as we begin this message in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you took a trip during Christmas or New Year's? Anybody take a trip anywhere? Just raise your hands. Okay, awesome. How many of you, when you took that trip, took an airplane trip? Anybody? Oh, okay, awesome. How many of you took a car trip? Road trip. Oh, don't you love road trips? They're awesome. Especially if you get a Starbucks Frappuccino or something. With Awesome road trips. But how many of you have ever gone on a guilt trip? Come on. <laughs> Be awesome. Okay. All right. I'm going to be honest this morning. Most of us have gone on a guilt trip, but I want to say to you this morning that a guilt trip is not a trip that God ever, ever wants you to take. He does not want you to travel through life weighed down by a load of guilt over past things that you have done. If you call yourself a Christian, if you truly are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you need to know that one of the benefits that comes from Jesus dying on a cross and paying for your sins is complete forgiveness for all of your sins. And because God forgives you, you can forgive you. And you can stop traveling through life weighed down with guilt over those past sins. Look at, look at this awesome gift that Jesus offers. In Luke chapter 23, we're giving what was happening when Jesus was actually carrying his cross up to the hill where he was going to be crucified. It's a kind of a long passage, but hang on and listen to it. It goes like this. Great crowds trailed along behind him, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves. Two others, both criminals were led out to be executed with him. Finally, they came to a place called the Skull. All three were crucified there, Jesus on the center cross and the two criminals on either side. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched. The leaders laughed and scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he's really God's chosen one, the Messiah. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. 
They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. All of that was going on. The mocking, the, the gambling of his clothes, the crucifying of Jesus. And yet one of the last words of Jesus was, forgive. Father God, these people that you have created, these people that are killing me, these people that are mocking me, Father, forgive them. And so here, God in the flesh, Jesus, in this horrific moment, asked his father to forgive them all. Everybody go, wow. <laughs> father, forgive them for what they're doing to me, your son. You see, God's forgiveness is available to everyone, even those who mocked and crucified Jesus. No one has to travel through life with guilt for what they have done and unforgiveness. And yet many today, even Christians, carry this load of guilt throughout their whole life. You know, what do we typically do when we're guilty? When we have done something really, really wrong and we are guilty, what do we do with our guilt? Write this down. First of all, when we feel guilty and we are guilty, we try to bury our guilt. It's the first thing we try to do. We just try to hide it, bury it. At least we try to. Because we've often been taught, well, well, just bury it. Put it to death and bury it. Well, that doesn't work. Because your guilt just won't stay buried. <laughs> it's like some zombie you see in a movie. <laughs> just keeps getting back up and keeps coming back to life in your dreams and your thoughts and your memories. You can't just bury your past, but you can deal with it by the power of Jesus Christ, but you can't bury it. David writes this, when I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable and I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide or bury them. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. And look at this, and all my guilt is gone. Trying to hide or bury your guilt, folks like David will just wear you out. Everybody has a way of trying to bury their past. But the Bible says this you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. If you try to bury them, you see, only confession and then God forgiving can remove your guilt. Only that. Next, when we feel guilty, we often try to blame others to reduce our guilt. <laughs> In other words, we try to point the finger at somebody else for what we have done. We try to blame somebody else to ease our guilt. And, and folks, that response is as old as creation. In the Garden of Eden... Both Adam and Eve sinned. Both ate the forbidden fruit. But when God confronted Adam about his sin, what did Adam do? Adam blamed Eve. <laughs> he blamed Eve. Look at this. God says, Adam, did you eat the fruit? Yes, Adam admitted. But it was that woman that you gave me that brought me some. And I ate it. In one sentence, Adam blamed both Eve and God. It was that woman, God. 
that you gave me. So Adam was caught, he was guilty, but then he tried to shift the blame to Eve to reduce the amount of his guilt. Take a look at this. The Bible says that it is people's own foolishness that ruins their lives. But in their minds, they blame the Lord. They, they try to blame others or they try to blame the Lord. God, it was your fault. And yet the Bible says it was their own foolish choices that caused them to sin. So we try to bury our guilt, try to blame somebody else for our, our guilt. And then the third thing we try to do when we feel guilty is we try to beat ourselves up to pay for our guilt. We somehow think that if we feel bad enough and beat ourselves up hard enough for what we've done, that our guilt will be paid for, and in its place, then we'll get peace. If we just beat ourselves up, oh, God, I feel so bad. We try to pay for our own mistakes. We go, oh, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Why did you do that? That was so dumb. No good person would be, be doing that stuff. And we try to beat ourselves up. It's kind of in a sense we go, take this, you know? Like that's going to give us peace. That's, like that's going to pay for what we've done. David says this, my guilt has overwhelmed me. Like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm bowed down and I'm brought down low. All day long I go about moaning. Folks, guilt when it's undealt with can overwhelm you. It can depress you. It can sadden you. But punishing yourself will never relieve you. It'll never bring real peace to you. So if you try to bury it or blame others for it or beat yourself up for it, your guilt will just remain. It'll stay right with you. So this morning I want to talk most about what should you do with your guilt Three things. Write this down. When you're guilty, when you've done something wrong, just admit your mistakes. <laughs> just admit them. Don't hide them. Don't bury them. Just be honest. Don't deny it. It's not really bothering me. It wasn't that bad. Don't try to defer it and say, well, I'll deal with it someday. Just admit it. Own up to your sins. Own up to your mistakes, your wrongs, your failures. The Bible says this, the Lord gave us a mind and a conscience we cannot hide from ourselves. If you don't deal with this, folks, you're going to carry a load of guilt the entire rest of your life. You can't hide from your own mind, your own conscience. Maybe you can hide something you've done from others, but you can't hide it from you. Your mind remembers, your conscience and the Holy Spirit convicts. The Bible says this, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If you are guilty, just admit it. If you want peace in your soul, admit it to God. Admit your sin. If you want to keep, if you want to stop defeating yourself, it's like this. You've got to stop deceiving yourself. You have to get honest. Yes, I really did do this. Yes, this really is wrong. No matter how I rationalize it, what I'm doing really is wrong. So admit the truth to yourself. Admit I did it wrong. I did sin. I do have a sinful habit. I do have a sinful addiction. I do have something that is my master that is not God. Whatever it is, admit it to God. 
The Bible says this, let us examine our ways and test them. Are our ways really pleasing and holy to God? You see, God alone can give you peace. So this week, if you've got something on your heart, some load of guilt that you're carrying, why don't you get alone with God? Maybe even get a blank sheet of paper and say, God, bring to my mind all of those things that are not pleasing to you. Things that I have done. God, you know I'm carrying guilt for this issue, but is there anything else that's wrong between me and you? Between me and somebody else? God, bring them to mind. Then write down what he brings to mind. And then in prayer, admit those things to God. God, I have made these mistakes. Honestly, I've done it. Admit it to God. And then, write this down, and when you are guilty, just take responsibility for your mistakes. Take responsibility to make your wrongs right with God and then with others. You know, one night, King David failed morally. Looking out the palace window, and he saw, since his palace window was way up high, he saw a woman taking a bath. She was nude. And as he watched her, he devised a plan in his mind to get her and to make love with her. And so he ordered his men to bring her to him. And the fruit of that wrong decision was not only adultery, but he murdered her husband. And then she had a child. But finally, David admitted his sins and he took responsibility for them. David says, I recognized my faults. I am conscious of my sins. That was absolutely the right thing for David to do. But God wants us to take another step to take responsibility for our sins. God wants us to also then tell a trusted friend. Not just anyone, not a gossip, but a trusted, closed-mouthed friend who will love you no matter what you've done, who will pray for you no matter what you've done, who will walk with you no matter what you've done. If you want healing, if you want freedom from your guilt, this needs to be done. The Bible says this, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you want the load of guilt to be gone? Do you want the weight be gone? Do you really want to be healed and have peace in its place? Then this is a part of the process. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. If you want to be forgiven for all the stuff that you've done, all you need to do is admit it and confess it to God and ask Him to forgive you. And the forgiveness comes. But if you want to be healed from and set free from all of the heavy guilt. You need to tell someone and ask them to pray for your deliverance. Next, when you're guilty, just ask for forgiveness for your mistakes. You not only admit it, but then you ask for forgiveness. Ask God, and here's the guarantee, He will forgive you. He has promised that He will forgive you. 
The Bible says this, if we freely admit that we have sinned, we find God utterly reliable. He forgives your sins and makes us thoroughly clean. Doesn't that sound good? Say thoroughly clean with me. (laughs) Thoroughly clean. Don't you love that? He makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. So ask God for forgiveness. And there's no need to beg. There's no need to bargain. Just ask God. You don't need to say, oh God, please, 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 please. No. God, I'm wrong. I admit it. Forgive me. The Bible says all of us have sinned. Yet God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ, who in mercy freely takes away our sins. So no matter what you have done or no matter what you have been doing, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Father, they don't know how serious this really is. So Father, forgive them. You see, the first of the seven words of love coming from the cross is forgiveness. So when you come to God humbly, honestly, admitting and asking God to forgive you, Jesus simply says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then you need to know three more things. When you ask God for forgiveness, God forgives, write this down, Instantly, instantly. The moment you ask, you are forgiven. Zero delay. Don't you like that? Zero delay. You're forgiven. And from that moment on, you no longer have to feel guilty about your sin. God has instantly washed it away. And so you walking around feeling guilty after you've asked forgiveness won't make you a better person. Won't make you more holy. So let the guilt go. Because the Bible says that God remembers it no more. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. It's been cleansed by the sacrifice of Jesus. And he remembers it no more. And all of God's people said, amen. In fact, the Bible says God is merciful. Look at this. And quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Next, when you ask God for forgiveness, he forgives completely, instantly and completely. Jesus offered his sinless body on the cross to pay for your sins, and his sacrifice paid for all of your sins. Every one of them are included, even the ones that you haven't yet committed are already paid for on the cross. His sacrifice included everything you have ever done and everything you ever will do wrong. Now, that doesn't give you a license to go out and just do whatever you want to do. To go out and just rebel against God and His Word and expect to be forgiven. But when you come to God and ask for His forgiveness and humbly do your best to follow Him, all of your sins are forgiven. You see, Jesus nailed Himself to the cross so that you can stop nailing yourself to the cross. Amen? You don't have to carry a load of guilt. Go, look what I did. You don't have to keep beating yourself up. Listen, you don't have to take a guilt trip ever again. Amen? You don't. The Bible says this. He has forgiven all of your sins. He's utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments, which always hung over our heads. 
and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. You're completely forgiven. I like to think about it this way. Jesus' blood that he shed to pay for all of our sins is like a super stain remover. Anything at home that really takes stains out like goof off or whatever, just think that your whole life was spotted and covered by the stain of sin. But his blood washes you and makes you whiter than snow. It's a super stain remover. And then when you ask God for forgiveness, he gives, forgives repeatedly. Jesus knows we're not perfect. Even when we try to follow him with all of our heart, we're going to think something wrong. We're going to say something wrong. We're going to do something wrong. He's faithful to forgive our sins even though we fall on occasion and repeat. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the cunningness of our tempter. And so those who humble themselves and confess their sins and keep seeking to turn away from sin, God just repeatedly forgives and forgives. The Bible says this, Christ is always interceding on our, on our behalf. And I think part of that intercession is, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they've just done. He's always interceding on our behalf. And then last, when you ask God for forgiveness, he forgives freely. It's a gift. It's a gift. The Bible says, for by the sacrificial death of Christ, we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God. And the Bible goes on and says, what happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven. What relief for those whom God has cleared their record. Take a look at this picture. What relief it is for those for whom God has cleared their record. Amen. Washed us clean. The penalty for sin is gone. The guilt over sin is gone. How great is the grace of God. How great is the love of God. Amen. Amen. I want you to walk out of this place and understand that you don't have to take any more guilt trips. Just admit your mistakes. Take responsibility for your mistakes. Ask forgiveness for your mistakes. And Jesus will forgive you and you can let go of your guilt. Let's bow our heads together. Before I pray, would you just be honest this morning and say, Pastor, you're speaking right to me. I've got some guilt I need to let go of. Just lift your hand. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's the first step, admitting it to yourself and then admitting it to God. So would you bow with me and pray? Father God, you know everything about me. You know all my sins. I admit that I have sinned. I need your forgiveness. I will take responsibility for my sins. I won't blame anybody else. I want to change. Today I repent. I will follow you. So forgive me. Cleanse me. And remove all guilt from me. By faith I receive your gift of forgiveness and peace. 
Father, as we pray this kind of prayer, I know that there's some here who are suffering under a load of guilt and shame and regret. But I would pray you'd let this be the day of their release and their relief. Let this be the day when they experience, maybe for the first time, real freedom. Because maybe for the first time they understand what your forgiveness is all about, how instant, how complete it really is. Father, we thank you for this awesome gift that you gave us on the cross. Forgiveness. In your name we pray. And all of God's people rejoiced. Amen. amen. Oh, is that, a, is that a rejoicing amen? Come on, Super Bowl Sunday. Let's make it big, all right? Amen? Amen. amen.